0: So if you want to give and you want to bless him, just go online, put in the memo, Pastor Randy, or you can drop in an envelope in the offering this morning. You could just be a blessing, a part of his life. I'm a firm believer in what you sow in, you reap from. And so when I get a chance to sow into a ministry that's ministered to me, I want to sow into it so I can reap from it even more. Amen. But as if you weren't in Chalmette last night, um, I was 14 years old and my youth pastor had this guy come preach he had hair down to his butt. He was nuts, and I, I like every single point of emphasis that I could put on the word nuts. I'm gonna put on the word nuts. He's he was nuts, and he came in and and preached a fire of God down. And he was you, pastor and Hammond had I don't know a whole lot of kids, thousand kids, or something like that in Hammond. And nobody gets a thousand kids together in Hammond except Southeastern's football team. And um. He was larger than life. And then it's crazy how the kingdom works. We got connected. And yesterday he hung on, on my sofa for two hours. It's crazy. This is how God can take somebody who you thought was a superhero and make him your friend. That's something only God can do. So I want you guys to open your heart this morning and just be ready to receive from my good friend, Pastor Randy Gudo.
1: One, two. How many love your pastor? Amen. Amen. I remember that night, I was actually, we had, um, we were having an encounter retreat. We had a couple hundred youth, and uh, my pastor called me and said, I need you to, uh, to go to Shalmet," And I said, what's Shalmet?" What's <clears throat> and he said, I'm um, going to go over there and preach the tabernacle. And so he gave me some directions, and I had a guy that drives about as crazy as I drive. You know, I really grabbed a hold of Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. And I said, we got to get to Shalmet quick, because uh, pastor said so. Walked in, and, and of course, it's just crazy people, too. So I felt like I was at home, good company. And there was this young teenager, and I'm like, what is that dude doing on the guitar? <clears throat> and he was sitting up at front singing, and it was your pastor. And, uh, and so and it was a nasty, wild night. It was awesome. I have lingo that I use. I hope you understand when I say nasty. That means good, you know. And, yeah. and uh, so, <clears throat> and then just through the years, watched him and his story and his persistence and his faith. And his faithfulness, and the watch just the Lord just bless his life remarkably well. So I'm just honored to call you a friend, and I've felt this for years, and I've shared this that when I'm when I'm with Pastor Chris, (coughs) excuse me, I feel like when he begins to speak, there's such a wisdom that's so beyond his years. I'm not just saying this; I tell him this privately, and and I say this about one other friend that I have, actually my pastor, uh, Paul Floyd. And when I'm around both of them, and they begin to talk. It's, it's just scary. You know, I feel like, you know, I'm just a small fry when he just starts expounding things pastorally and <clears throat> in, in so many different arenas. And it's great because, I mean, you know, the body of Christ is so amazing how God puts things in other people so that we can need them and have to, have, we, we need them in our life. God didn't intend for one person to be the catch all guy, you know? And so that's why the body needs each other. We have a lot of independence in America and, you know, a lot of independent churches, <coughs> a lot of independent spirits, a lot of independent whatever. And Lord's just breaking that so we can be able to need one another again. Uh, you know, so we're just so honored to be here. My, my wife's not able to be here with me now. We have, we've been married for a very long time. we got married at the age of 20. And now, of course, we're 28. So it's been an incredible eight years. <clears throat> Actually, I'm 49 years old now. And I grew up in Baton Rouge. My mama came to Christ. Um, my twin sister, Rachel, and I were six months old. And, you know, she had an aunt. One aunt, uh, a great aunt that worked for Jimmy Swaggart. <clears throat> and another aunt that was just this wild, Holy Ghost-filled woman. And so she kept telling my mama she needed to come to church at this place called Bethany. And I was a man named Roy Stockstill, who was the pastor. So I still have, you know, these little, you know, visuals of being a little kid rolling around as a baby. And then she, then they sent a man named Brother Jim Clark. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He went to New Rose to start a church. My mama kind of went to help him. <clears throat> my daddy was kind of like a backslidden Catholic. He grew up an altar boy. Wanted to be a priest. I'm so glad he did not follow the dreams of his heart. For a number of reasons the main one being i wouldn't be here right now i said daddy why'd you change your mind and not become a priest he said i hit puberty and i thought girls are beautiful and i do not have this grace in my life (laughs) at the age of five my dad's uh you know felt something punch him in the chest he was uh, you know like 20 25 26 years old hit him so hard and he heard this voice that said you should be dead Terrified him, so he just stayed right where he was. <clears throat> called in sick. My dad never called in sick. Worked in plants, you know, down South Louisiana, and uh, so terrified that a few hours later he got out of bed and wrapped up in a in a, ta- in a in like a blanket. Went and turned on the television. There was this thing called the Seven Hundred Club. Uh, Pat Robertson, this black man named Ben Kinchlow. I don't know if any of y'all remember Ben Kinslow uh, Only maybe a couple of you would. <clears throat> you know, way way back in the day. And he turns it on, and Ben Kinslow is actually. Doing the service. I'm just talking a little bit. Is there, I got a message here, so just stay with me. And I talk very fast, so just hold on. I mean, we can get we can pack an hour in like 20 minutes if you want me to. So just. <laughs> and <clears throat> this this black man, Ben Kinslow, this man of God, says, there's a man out there, and you just turn on your TV. You got hit in the chest this morning. You heard a voice that said you should be dead. And you knew if you would have went to work today, you'd die. And you know you'd go to hell. The Lord wants to have grace and mercy on you right now. Get out of your sofa, and you come up here, and you touch that TV to make a point of contact. My dad's rushing, weeping, grabs, just touches the TV, and... Comes to Christ, and three days later, Jim Clark baptized him, and <clears throat> it's awesome. But this is also crazy 70s, crazy, crazy 80s era. How many know the 80s got real crazy quick? So even though we kind of came in church, it was very sporadic. We went to this church and that church, and then we started moving a lot. I moved 12 times by the time I was 14, and so <clears throat> weren't really in church anymore. And um, I had a heart for God, loved God, but didn't know how to find him. And uh, we'd moved to southwest Arkansas. So, my mom is like, you know, says, Hey, to me and my twin, hey, come on, we're, we're moving to Arkansas. We're like, What's Arkansas? Why? And she says, Let me show you. She takes a VHS, for any of you who remember that. She puts it on, and it's a little house in the prairie. <clears throat> we're seeing like mountains and hills and snow and vines. And I'm like, This is awesome. And we moved to southwest Arkansas, which is nothing but flat, ticks, <laughs> copperheads. <coughs> it was horrible. And, and, and we heard there's Bigfoot out there and Panthers. So I wouldn't, I didn't want to go outside. I'm like a city boy. I'm not going outside. I'm going to get eaten by something. So anyway, we get up there. So my, the summer before my senior year, I, I just started becoming incredibly rebellious. Now, you know, uh, my sister was already wild. My, her last name's Gudo. They used to call my sister Rachel Batto. And because, uh, you know, if there was something that needed to be challenged, she's about to go challenge it. Me, I just wanted to comply. But about the summer before my senior year, started having enough. I thought, man, I'm going to live my own way. So I went to this rock concert, partied in Shreveport, it was up for a couple days, and on my way home, fell asleep and hit 15 trees. It was a couple months later, in my senior year of high school, my friend has this confrontation. I go to his house, he's high, he's listening to Metallica, the album was Justice for All, and the song was Harvester of Sorrow, and he's like, I've been thinking, and which Conrad never thought, but he says, I've been thinking, <clears throat> if you'd have died in your car, man, you'd have went straight to hell, and I'm looking at him going, if you died, you go to hell too. And he's like, what do we want to do? I don't know. Go to church. So we decided, let's do this. I, I thought I'm going go to church, get a little Jesus, not go to hell. And, 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 and that night, the Lord just arrested my heart. There's nothing supernatural or special. <clears throat> it was about 10 or 15 teenagers in a, in a house, ate some pizza, watched a video. It was weak sauce. There's nothing really special. But you know what? God made himself real to me. I got home. And I and, and, uh, dropped my buddy off, got home, and I was on my knees for about half an hour saying, God, I just want you. They gave me this little prayer, this little booklet, said, hey, pray this and you'll be saved. I do not really know what that meant. I read the prayer, and I'm like, that's not good enough. And I just got on my knees until I felt like something had changed. And <clears throat> I started driving 25 miles from the country to get to this church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, just so hungry for God. A couple weeks later, started preaching out of the back of my truck, uh, and, 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 and I became addicted to telling people about Jesus. And I thought that this is what we do as Christians. We just tell each other about God. This is awesome. Then I started discovering more, <coughs> and we started having what we call burn sessions, where we'd go to. We literally call them burn sessions because we read this passage in Luke 24, 32. There were these two men on the Emmaus Road, and they were in deep discussion about the things that had transpired, and then Jesus manifests. How many of you know Jesus always manifests when we talk about him? We talk about the things of God. Guess what? Jesus just shows up randomly and then and then all of a sudden it's like I don't know how to convey it but but something happened here my heart just begins to to burn look look, yesterday and for days I've just been getting wrecked of course last night if you're there I do want to apologize because because sometimes it's difficult for me to be able to articulate or communicate what's happened on the inside and I'm sitting here reading about this woman at the well and I keep thinking about how awesome God is and how awesome Jesus is and it just overwhelms me you know I saw this one picture you know if you only knew and I'm like my goodness You know, if we only knew how awesome God was and how much he loved us, you know, we're not even scratching the surface of what God wants to do in our lives, what God wants to do in Metairie, what God wants to do in the South Shore, what God wants to do in Chalmette, what God wants to do on the North Shore, what he wants to do in, not just South Louisiana, but all Louisiana. We used to say that Louisiana is shaped like a boot because God's going to put it on and walk across the the world. And so I'm just so excited to be a part of the move of God. Amen. And so I'm so hungry, and I, and I get, you know, some people they can look at some, I was the biggest idiot when I came to Christ. I didn't know anything, but I would do anything. I'm the guy that's like, I'm, of all my friends, I'm Peter. I'm about to drink some water. I'm going to get out of the boat, and I'm going to look like a fool in everybody. You're going to have to help pull me out of the water. Let me cough a little bit, but I'm getting out that boat. <clears throat> then you have the other calculated people that goes, man, he is a fool. Let's Let, 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 let him go first. Then we're going to see what he did wrong. And that's these wise people like Pastor Chris and my friends. They're like, yeah, let's let Randy go, yeah. Oh, that hurt. But you come on over here, you know. And then they do it the right way. But anyway, <clears throat> that's just me. And I'm like, you know, if, if you only knew, if you only knew, you know, uh, how awesome God was. In the back of this truck, I don't know who I am. I remember I got there and I'm, and I'm preaching. I'm in bowling alleys. <clears throat> I'd Going to the ghetto. It didn't matter where I went. Because it wasn't about me. It was about Jesus. And so there's this. Anyway, <coughs> we left our ministry in South Louisiana and moved to the inner city, moved to Bushwick, Brooklyn, and I worked with about 1,000 inner city youth while we are planting a church in the East Village of New York, didn't know what we were doing, and it didn't matter because we knew that God was with us. How many know God with you is a majority no matter where you go anyway? Right? Think about this. We have this incredible gift called salvation, right, this message of salvation that we get to bring to other people. This is unbelievable. <clears throat> you could be a junkie. You could be a homosexual. You could be shacking up with somebody. You you could be over here. Maybe you could be riddled with cancer. And to know this, that the creator of the universe is so madly in love with you that he wants to set you free. For some reason, we've taken a few people and we've given them a celebrity status, put them on a stage, think there's something special about them. Ain't nothing special about them. And it actually hinders people from falling in love with the real Jesus. I don't want fake Jesus. I don't want superficial Jesus. I don't want celebrity Jesus. I want to know who he is, the son of God. Amen? Sorry, none of this is on my notes. <clears throat> he's just so, he's just so amazing. Amen? Amen. And, and I got some here, maybe we'll get to it in a minute. <clears throat> but he's, he's just, he's so wonderful. He's so awesome. I, I also work in hospice. And so I'm with dying people all the time. I, I've held a lady's hands while her, is this being recorded? Okay, I'm not gonna say some things then. But listen, <laughs> held a lady's hands where we pray. People are weeping. Son's weeping over here and, and just uncontrollable. And there's so many dynamics. And just put my hand on him, so we're gonna pray right now. Starts crying and grab her hand. She's pale white. She's looking slowly. Take her hand and say, It's okay. It's okay, sweetie. Come on. You have nothing to be afraid of. Let's just, just pray. Prayed. And after we pray, she just looks and just breathes. She's gone. And I'm I'm telling you that, that that death and life, how many of very real? It's very, very real, and we as the body of Christ, as believers, we're like a bridge right here to bring the message of hope and salvation, right? And, and so there's, there's dreams. How many ever had a dream from the Lord? You had to have a dream, something you long for, and there's, his, there's your dream, but then there's his dream. And how many there's a huge difference? There's a mass, massive difference between the two. And so um, I'll tell you this, and, and this isn't self-promotion. You know, but I have this, this podcast that I started a few weeks ago called The Bible 365 Podcast. All I'm doing is reading scriptures. And, and one of the reasons is because I started another podcast called Randy in Real Life. And, and I would only podcast when I got real angry about something. And I was angry about so much that I did so many angry rants. I have more pod episodes that I've pulled off. where like a year later. I'm like, that was really stupid. So I went and I have I, it hidden. <coughs> no joke. And so I did all kinds of series and all kinds of stuff. I tackled this theology and that one. And, 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 and then we went through some real challenges in our family. Our daughter had brain cancer. I mean, had had the brain surgery. Seven-hour brain surgery was just ripped our heart out. Then the aftermath of that is more difficult than everything that led up to it and even the surgery. So I just emotionally, my well was dry, and I just stopped. And I'm like, I felt the urge to, to podcast, but I thought, I don't want to podcast only when I'm angry or I really get too excited about something and say something stupid, <clears throat> you know what's content every day? Reading through the Bible. I'm going to read through the whole Bible this year for people to help people who might struggle reading. And, and and thought it would be a very easy thing, but I realized I'm doing this for 365 days. It's not as easy as you think. And I'll talk a long time. You'll laugh a lot if I tell the stories of what it's really like. It took three and a half hours to do my first episode, which is only 21 minutes long. I read, I read the Bible that day probably 25 times just to get it done right. Because, you know, if if you're podcasting, you say something, you get tongue-tied, you just keep going. But when you're reading the Holy Scriptures, the sacred text, and you get tongue-tied, you got to start over again. (laughs) Because you can't be like, I'm sorry about that, and you just want to keep going. You're reading the Bible. Anyway, all right. But as I'm reading through the Scriptures, God just keeps depositing things and showing me things I just never saw before. And there's something here that I want to use to encourage you today in your walk with God. And I'm going to give you some pieces of the life of Joseph. Okay? Pieces of the life of Joseph. Anyone who has any tenure, and when I mean tenure, I mean they've walked with the Lord. And I want to say this, too, that age does not equal maturity. It just doesn't. I know people that are in their 70s and 80s who are so shallow and immature and, and irresponsible in their faith. They have not developed or grown. And you know what? Babies are beautiful and cute. I had four of them. <coughs> I'm so great. But you know what? My, my 24, 25-year-old daughter was still saying, gaga, ga, and still sagging around in, like, you know, 20-pound diaper. And I was having to still feed her some spiritual, ger- or some, some Gerber. I many know that's a problem. And there's some people in the church that they just never developed. They never grew. They never got the meat of the word of God. They never got tested through trials and suffering and pain. And in America, in some of our circles, we've taught that somehow that if you go through pain or suffering, then <clears throat> you know something must be wrong with you or you have a lack of faith, which is so stupid. And so we've helped cripple the American church by teaching things that are heretical and that are just not true. We do walk through things. We walk through suffering people think, what's wrong with me? Because I shouldn't be experiencing this. No, in this life, we've got some battles. Listen, if you get sick in your body, we'll believe, God, you're healed. We'll lay hands on you. But your body, your body is irredeemable. So you get to have a new body one day. Your spirit, you won't need one. It's born again. Your soul is being saved. It's being renewed by the word of God daily. But how many are glad you're going to get a new body one day? <clears throat> and you're like, oh, good. I want like this. I mean, you're going to get a keto body. You don't even have to do keto. I don't know if that's true, but I'm saying. <clears throat> but it's going to be awesome on that day. But you know what? If if you get sick and die, we can raise you up. But eventually, your body yeah. 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 going to die. And and I've learned in life that it's when we walk through some things, and there is a process. There's a process. Of course, and I know I know Pastor Chris. it don't matter who the pastor is. Any pastor who has tenure has time. If you get to the to the nitty-gritty, start hearing their life, and you hear stories of of there's a lot of suffering, pain, but they just keep on walking. You gotta keep on walking. <clears throat> and so and 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 you know, it's like they're not superhuman. Remember the story of that that lady? Her husband was under the bed, and wouldn't get out of bed and go to church. She said, You gotta go to church. I'm not going to church. <clears throat> Those people they are mean, they, they, they don't even love me, and they're selfish. And she, he said, that's why I'm not going. You give me one good reason why I should go. She goes, I'll give you one. Uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you more than that. First is, they're not mean. They, they do love you. Some of them are selfish, but they're not all selfish. But I'm going to give you another one. You're the pastor. <laughs> you have to go to church today. <clears throat> um, as I'm looking at the life... Of 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 Joseph, and I'll tell you this: <clears throat> if you want the fullness of it, you just need to go start in Genesis chapter 37, and just keep reading through it. And I wanted to share this with you first off, and because I want to encourage you. Listen, I asked our church, in, uh, in, in Homer, Louisiana, it was funny. Pastor Chris and his uh, wife, Miss Caitlin, came up, and was like, you know, and it, and I, first off, I just love the Shalmatian accent. I'm a butcher it right now, but I'm gonna try. And I grew up in Baton Rouge, you know, <clears throat> in the in the real city. I'm kidding. So I'm in Baton Rouge and, and, uh, and she's like, so Pastor Randy, you're in Homa?" I said, Homer, Homer, (laughs) Homer." And I'm like, no, no, no. I got family in Homa. I got got Cajun family. I got It's E-R, not H-O-U-M-A, H-O-M-E-R. And, uh, it's practically like North, you know, Louisiana is really Arkansas. But anyway, um, so, and I, I've asked them this year, I said, you know what I, I want you to do? I just want you to do one thing. Just take one step forward. Just take one step. Hey, if you don't lift your hands, lift. Now, y'all are all crazy. I love it. If you don't lift your hands, lift your hands. Hey, if you're not disciplined in the Word, just get a little more disciplined. I'm going to help you. I'll read the Bible to you. Just go subscribe and hit play. Uh, what can I do to help you? <clears throat> Have you been battling with something? Get free. Just find one thing you're going to get free of this year. Just take one this is the most pastoral thing I think I've ever done in my life. This is something I'll be brought organic or natural for a lot of, you know, ministers. Just, just, just do one thing. Just take one step. How many know if we just took one step this year? If you could just go one step further. Hey, your marriage has been here? Let's bring it here this year. What is one thing that you can do to go forward? And we're looking here at the life of Joseph, and, and it starts here. And Joseph 37.5, you don't have to pull this up. But it just said this. It said Joseph had a dream. Joseph had a dream. Now, I will say this, that, and I love this quote by Reinhard Bonnke. He said this. <clears throat> he said, when you want what God wants for the same reason God wants it, you're invincible. And in the beginning, God may give us a dream. You think it's your dream, but it's really from him. You perceive it one way, but what you perceive is not the way it really is. You get a dream, but you might not want what he wants for the same reason he wants it. So God has this incredible thing. It's a process. It's a process. <clears throat> but we're going to see this right here. And the process really involves a few things. It involves a pit. And some of you may be in a place of a pit right now. Who's ever been a pit? I have. How many know there's, there's, there's prayers and there's a pit prayer? With Psalm 40 where David said, I was in a pit, in a horrible pit. How many know there's difference between a pit and a horrible pit? Yeah. Then he says, in the miry clay. Now, you know, miry clay is where no matter how you try to peel out, you're just going to keep sinking deeper and deeper and deeper. He said, I was in a pit, in a horrible pit, in the miry clay, and I cried out with a loud voice. I cried out. How many know that pit prayer says? And I'm not going to do it I'll embarrass myself. It's loud. It's desperate. <clears throat> he says, and he heard me. And he pulled my feet up out of the miry clay. And he set my feet on a rock put a new song in my mouth, and established our, my goings. Amen? So his involved a pit, but it also involved a situation of testing in Potiphar's house. How many of you know that there's going to be times of testing and temptation and trials? And the wonderful thing is if you do fail, Joseph didn't, if you do fail, God will just let that test come back around again. It's okay. And and we also have this thing, I'm, I'm going to just say some things, <clears throat> that we're, we, We have an impulsive uh, culture today, impulsive in the church, and impatient. Now, we know this, that there's an essence that God can do anything right now. He can. He can touch your body right now. He can so move on a marriage if there's been failure or, or no matter what the fracture is. He can come right in and move on hearts where forgiveness is available. But you know what? You will still have to walk through some things. But his grace will be there. It's like the oil that comes on. I love where Jesus says, fall on the rock and be broken unless it falls on you and grinds you to powder. Do you realize that in that story, (laughs) brokenness is coming regardless? So go ahead and fall. If you don't want to, you're going to keep it. Guess what? You want this with anesthesia or without it? It's true. Now, I know I'm just saying some stuff right now. I hope this is all right. I'm just talking right now. But there's there's that there's that process, and so he's in Pharaoh's house, but the story of his dream, it also involved prison. <coughs> and then the palace. And then just because he got in the palace, that's still what it, it, it wasn't time yet. So we look here and I want you to see a few things that whether you're in a pit, <coughs> Pharaoh's or, or Potiphar's house, or if you're in a prison, I want you to hear these things right now. It's in Psalm uh, Genesis 39. Verses 1 through 5. It says, now, Joseph, I probably didn't give you verse 1, but Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had brought him down there. How I many you know he was sold into sla- slavery? Sold into slavery. And then it says this in verse 2, though, and I love this. It says, the Lord was with Joseph. Now, I can just stop right there. Just because you're in a place of slavery where you're captive just because you're fixing to be sold and you're about to go into another, you know, Potiphar's house— No matter where you are, it says this, the Lord was with Joseph. Now, I'm going to tell you this. There's something about the law of first mention, and also when you hear things said multiple times. Like when we read in Isaiah and in Revelations where they say, holy, 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 that's actually said nine times. So, it actually would read like, holy, 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 holy. And that symbolic, that means that God is infinite in his holiness, You couldn't even say 24-7 because God doesn't dwell in time. Time dwells in God. And so that he is infinite in his holiness. And what you're going to see here is as we go through, I'm going to highlight several things for you. All right, let's get some scriptures. You ready? The Lord, again, was with Joseph. I want to encourage you. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Sometimes just knowing you're not alone is one of the most important things in life. And there's been a lot of us, a lot of times that we're on our own or we're alone, or we've gone through crisis or tragedy, and you're alone. And, and there's, a, there, there's a couple of stories, and I, I'll tell you this one. There's this man named John, and, and years ago, years ago, you know, about 150, 200 years ago, off the coast of Scotland, there was a vessel that was wrecked. And <clears throat> this man named John, you know, they, they, all the villagers came out, the lighthouse went off, they came out, and a rescue boat was launched to go rescue the men. Off this, um, off this boat, and after, and they're watching these, this boat go up and, and just disappear on the other side of the waves. It goes up, and it disappears on the other side of the waves, and they're just watching. They got campfires everywhere. Families are praying for the safety of the men to go rescue them. These are dads, fathers, uncles, brothers, sons, going to rescue these men and that were on that vessel. <clears throat> they're praying for the men that they will survive, that they can hold on, and there's this man, John, and he's out there just looking. And as the boats are coming in, as the boats are coming in, slowly, uh, uh, a a man runs (coughs) to the shore. John says, have you saved all the men? And the cry came back, yes, we've saved the men. Everyone starts to cheer, and they're rejoicing. And the boats are pulling up, and John's looking in the boats. And he's looking out there, and he, he says, hold on. He goes, you said you saved all the men. But I see a man out there. You said you saved all the men, but there's somebody out there still. And they said, well, <clears throat> listen, the, phase, the waves were too ferocious, it was too difficult, and we didn't have the strength. There is a man out there, but we didn't think it was worth all of us dying to try to go rescue this one man. We all would have perished. I'm telling you, the storm is too strong right now. And he says, well, if you won't go, because you'll go back, right? They said, we can't, we're too weak, we can't. He says, I'll go, who go with me? A few men step forward. Prayer vigils begin again. And as John's about to step into the boat, his mother screams and runs out and grabs him and says, no, you can't. And he looks at her. And she says, John, your father drowned at sea 20 years ago. Ten years ago, your brother William left for sea. He's never returned home. He's probably dead too. And now if you go and you die, I just can't, I won't be able to live any longer. And he says, Mother, God has put it in my heart to go. And if I perish, the Lord will be with you. Kiss her on her cheek, pulls her arms off of him. A <clears throat> couple people come and grab her. He steps into the boat as it launches off. People are praying. They're watching that boat rise and just disappear. Rise and disappear. And after a couple of hours, it's making its way back. And a man runs to the edge of the shore and says, have you saved the man? And and John shouts back, yes. And go tell my mother, it is my my brother William. And I'm going to tell you this, that when we're out there and you've been wrecked by life and you feel alone, you need to know that there's a man named Jesus and he knows you out there. And that boat's been launched, and you're not alone, and he's with you, and he's going to rescue you, and he's going to be with you all the way to your safely where you're supposed to be. It says here that the Lord was with Joseph. <clears throat> he was with him. There's, I could just stop here for a long time. And he became a successful man. And, 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 and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. Now, that's great. I mean, he was a successful man. Who wants to be successful. But when you've really walked through life, let me tell you what's more beautiful and sweet to me is that the Lord was with him. For me, successive is if the Lord is with me. Who's ever heard of Lester Sumrall? Anybody ever heard of Dr. Lester? I got to meet him once a couple months before he passed away. I, I got to serve him water. It was hilarious. I got to sell out the water. It was in a ministry I was working at, and that time, you know, in that era of, of the church we're in, it was like if you give a cup of cup of water to a prophet, in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. That was our interpretation, and uh, and so I remember setting it out before the service. I was 21 years old, 22. <clears throat> and, and my wife's sitting there by me, and, and my buddies, and we're just watching. We just, I'm just like, I, just, I don't know what he's preaching. I just want him to drink that water. And finally, he's doing a story about the rich man Lazarus, and he said he just wanted him to dip. And I'm like, do it, do it. And he dips his hand in the glass, and, just, and he touched on his tongue, and we're like, yes, They're all, we're like giving fives to each other. It's me. I got his reward. Anyway, <clears throat> why did I tell that story? I don't even, I, had, I was going somewhere. I'm sorry. Let's keep, let's keep going. See, I have ADHD, and if I don't stay on point, then, all right. <clears throat> His master saw, verse 3, that the Lord was with him. Imagine the Lord is so with you that other people can see the Lord is with you. The Lord was with him. Maybe, some, maybe this is where I need to camp out today is that you need to know the Lord is with you. Have you are you battle-weary, excited? you walking through it? Maybe some of you came here and you just, you poured out your heart like water. And y'all do this, this goodness, this shirt, y'all pouring your heart out like water. Pastor Chris said they're, they're radical. They love the Lord. And if some of you, you're, you're going through a battle right now. And nobody would know it because of the way you worship and you're just praising God. It's awesome. But, but I don't want you to go home and feel like I keep going and I just, you know, the, the Lord is with you. He is with you. When you worship Him. You're throwing your arms up. You're singing your heart out. And maybe some of you, you, you can't go full mass. So you do doing what I call the half mass. you know <clears throat> guess what the lord is with you listen you make an effort to move towards him he's rushing towards you he's just the lord is with <clears throat> you his master saw that the lord was with him and that the lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands he's, it was the lord that caused everything to succeed it wasn't joseph it was the lord he saw the blessing of god the favor of god was on joseph the lord was with him So Joseph found favor in his sight, verse 4, and attended him, and he made him overseer of his house. I've been reading on the ESV, by the way. And put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. For Joseph's sake. Listen, God, because he is with you, he will bless the place that you work. Don't curse the place you work, because God will bless that place just because you work there. Now, when you're reading the story of, of Joseph, it's so interesting because when we read the story of Adam and Eve in the garden, Genesis chapter 3, it's a story is called, if you could write one story of Genesis 3, one of them would be, you know, blame shift. He goes to Adam, says, what have you done? Where are you? <clears throat> Why are you hiding? Hmm? And then what does Adam do? He says, well, it was the, the woman. So, you know, it's interesting, though, when, when Eve took the fruit, so she took it and then she gave it to her husband, who was standing beside her. That boy was there the whole time. The whole time. How I many know he could have intervened right then? That's why when God came, he came to him. He says, Adam, where are you? So then he blame shifts. And how many know everything in the Word of God is for our benefit to read and learn from? Then he goes to the woman, and she says, it was a serpent. Joseph, how many know he could have an incredible pity story if he wanted to? <clears throat> but even though he had been in a pit, he didn't have a pity story. Even though he's in this place right here, it says here that the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in his house and field, on the Egyptian's house. But then, <clears throat> um, verse, look at uh, Genesis 39, 19. Things changed because Potiphar's wife, how many know, was pursuing him pretty intensely. So he ran away leaving his cloak in her hand because she was going after Joseph because he's a good-looking man, you know, like just like any normal South Louisiana boy probably. She's pursuing him. He runs. He gets out of there. She has his cloak in his hands, and in verse 19, she tells this law, but it says this, As soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled, and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and there he was, in prison, you feel sometimes like you're finally getting ahead in life. Who's ever felt like, now I'm getting ahead in life. And all of a sudden, bam, there you back again. Who has ever felt that way before? I have, it's incalculable how many times i felt that way. But he's in prison now. In verse 21, you got to be kidding me. What? But the Lord was with Joseph. So now we're seeing this for the third time. The Lord was with Joseph. With him and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. So the same favor and the same gifting, the same leadership, the same stuff that was on him in Potiphar's house, he is the same thing. But it's in the prison. Doesn't matter if it's in Potiphar's house, doesn't matter if it's in the prison, doesn't matter where he is. That DNA just rises to the top. It says the Lord was with him. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. Verse 23, the keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge. Because the Lord, you got to be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Is this the fourth time? Because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did... The Lord made it succeed. This is very important to understand. Whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. <clears throat> There's something about when the favor of God is on your life. I call it when the fog rolls in, favor of God. When the, when the fog rolls in, God can take your effort, your work, your initiative, and he can make it succeed. Succeed. Sometimes we can overanalyze things in our spiritual walk. We can overanalyze things. Pastors can be guilty of this. We just want to do the right thing. When the Lord, let we walk in the word. We trust God. We walk by the spirit. We walk by faith. Know that the Lord is with you and the Lord can cause whatever you do. He can cause it to succeed. God gets glory. Why? Because it ain't about how smart you are, intelligent you are. Thank the Lord for me, especially it's not about how gifted you are. And all those things are important too. Those things are good, Right? I'm pretty sure Joseph wasn't the laziest man in the, in the room, pretty sure he wasn't. And that favor came on him that he was able to be entrusted. But we saw this for four times, it says, because the Lord was with him. We skip over that so many times. I've heard the life of Joseph preached in so many different ways, and I've never heard the, the reality of this right here strongly emphasize the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. And I know for us, <coughs> again, in our churches, in our circles. And from being in ministry for such a long time, how many people just so battle because they just wonder if the Lord is with them? And I'm just here to encourage you today the Lord is with you. He is with you. When we pulled up, and I get excited listen, we've had churches, we've met in schools, had churches in New York City, we've had ministries in Brooklyn. We had 40 people meeting on my rooftop at one point. We got there, and that's where we were having church. And so, in every kind of situation, (coughs) adversity comes here, it don't matter. We've had to have meetings in homes. It didn't matter. And and you keep going. You keep moving forward. And wherever you're at, guess what? The Lord, knowing he is with you. Then we pulled up in the parking lot. And I saw like this. And Pastor Chris is like, look over here. And we just got that place here. We're going to do this with kids. And I'm like, something begins to boil. And I had a season in my life where it's difficult for me going in any city. Because my mind's gearing up going, ooh, there could be a church right there. I saw a storefront. And I started feeling the anointing come on my life. I'm being a little facetious right now. But I'm like, who? right here. Right here. And I'll tell you this, too. I'm just going to throw this out. There's also a time where, <clears throat> you know, much of what came out of the prosperity movement, it just, it just infuriated me. It infuriated me. Some of it still does, to be honest with you. And I, I, I'm concerned for the souls of some of those preachers. But I, I'm legitimately for their spirit. But I will say this. I remember doing a deep dive study in the word of God and going through. And, and I study the word often, reading through the Bible. And I'm like, dang, every single patriarch, every single person that followed after God, God always unlavishly just blessed them. And I just unprecedented ways they were the most blessed, like difficulty to dwell with them because they had so much that that God God blessed them with. And Deuteronomy 818 says this, that says you will remember the Lord your God, for he is the one who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant on the earth. And so I believe that the Lord can so bless your body in the tabernacle. Bless the work of your hands, so, so the kingdom of God can continue to expand all across the pa- multiple parishes, which you already are, in multiple venues and multiple arenas and ways. Amen? I remember getting, you know, hearing stories out of Indonesia, and how many of them, Indonesia is one of the most hostile Muslim nations in the planet right now. I don't know if y'all know that. It's like the largest Muslim you know, nation on the earth. And just what's going on. And there are pastors there that have two jobs. Not just pastors, but the whole church. Pastors, too. Where they give one of their jobs that is because they give 100% of it to the church. And the other job, they give 50% of it. You know why? Because the church is exploding in Indonesia. This isn't some money thing. I'm just telling you. Chris, Pastor Chris knows, if anything, I, one of the rants I had to get off of on my podcast because I was just brutally going after money preacher. I have a name for him. I'm going to say it right now because I'll have to repent. <clears throat> but God, he does want to bless you. Bless the work. How many you want to be blessed by God? Amen. You know, I want to be blessed by God. And I don't want to have lack when it comes to showing up and, and when it's time for healing to manifest. I don't want to have lack. I want to have the fulfillment of fullness of everything I need in whatever situation I'm in. Amen? If it's a word in due season, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, it don't matter. The Holy Spirit dwells in me. So people get over-fixated on the gifts of the Spirit. You know what? When the Holy Spirit's in you, whatever needs to manifest can manifest. <clears throat> well, he just walks in faith, and he walks in these three power gifts. And I don't see Paul doing that. You don't see him going to the church and go, which three do you walk in? Or which one are you more lean in? No, it's we have the fullness of the Holy Spirit as the body of Christ. As the body of Christ, we together, we also have a selfish thing in America. You know, I have the mind of Christ. It doesn't say it. it says we have the mind of Christ. All that's free. Okay, I got to keep going. All right, I'm almost done. <clears throat> Pastor Chris said, look, at 1020, you better shut it down. So here... Then it says, (coughs) look here. Oh, and and again, the end of 23, the keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge. See, I talk real fast, and I'm going slow in my mind. Because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Who wants the Lord to make things succeed in your life? And Pharaoh, looking now on Genesis 41, verse 38. Did I give you all that one too? I don't know if I did. And I love where it says right here, and Pharaoh said to his servants, Pharaoh... Because now, if you don't know, Pharaoh has now elevated Joseph. Joseph got forgotten in the prison. There's a long story the cupbearer. And anyway, so they they remind the king this is who this man is. He can interpret dreams. Joseph's like, God interprets dreams. So then Joseph's about to get elevated in in Pharaoh's palace now. Second in command, he's fixing to hand everything over to Joseph. He will be the only one who has more authority. And even had a parade where he paraded Joseph through, where people bowed down. Joseph's going to be the man now. And I love this, what he says in verse 38. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? This is in the Old Testament. In whom is the Spirit of God? Isn't this powerful? The story continues on. And if you remember... Let me just read this in Genesis 42.9. We're about to bring it to a close, We're about to land this plane. Genesis 42.9. And Joseph remembered the dreams that he had dreamed of them. Say remembered. Now, if you remember in, Joseph, in Genesis 37.5, it says, now Joseph had a dream. But Joseph had a dream. And he saw these sheaves bowing down to his. And it was his brothers and his father, his family, his house. It even made Jacob mad. Like, you did what now? You know? <clears throat> Not here. But, it's, but it did say that Jacob pondered on this, kept it in his heart. And Joseph probably saw that dream one way. But when it says here that Joseph remembered the dreams that he had dreamed, it's when his brothers came in and bowed down. And you have to go read all the stories, okay? How many know in one service you can't cover whole passages? You know, I'm just trying to give you This is big picture right here, broad picture. I know we're missing a lot. His brothers bowed down, and then he remember, he remembered the dream right then, which tells me he forgot a dream. Sometimes your dream has to die and collapse. <clears throat> so the Lord and God is so good. He's so good that he can give you a dream. He'll give you a picture of something. Then sometimes life, suffering, hardship, things that you're like. Wait a minute! I had this dream. That, you know what? Forget it all. Good because the Lord's going to resurrect that dream. He's going to cause you to remember it one day. A moment's going to happen. A situation's going to happen. And all of a sudden, you're going to remember it, and you're going to remember, oh, my goodness, what I thought was this, it's the same thing, but it's this. That really wasn't my dream. It was God's dream. And Joseph's perspective was not like Adam and Eve. You look at his brother said, well, you did this, and you did that. Instead, he told his brothers three times. He said, mm-mm, you didn't do this. God sent me here. Joseph had reached such a place of brokenness and the Lord had so been with him. The favor had so been with him. God had caused things to work in so many situations that Joseph was able to say, wow, God sent me here, which meant that God sent me to that pit. God sent me to Potiphar's house. God sent me to the prison. God sent me And you don't see him compromising, backsliding. We don't know a lot. We know what the Lord wants us to know. So you may be in a pit. You may be in a season of testing. You may be in some type of prison. Even addiction. Whatever you might be walking through, I want to challenge you. Know that the Lord is with you. Amen? Amen. His favor's on you. And I want to encourage you that you can also get in that palace. The same mantle that was on him in the palace had already been on him in the pit and in the prison. Praise God. I want you to bow your heads now and or just close your eyes or.